0: Last week was Mother's Day, and uh, I, you know, doing Mother's Day message every year, it's mm-hmm. it's like, well, how do you do a different Mother's Day message? So I had intended to inter- interview my wife. Uh, and so we had gone to New York, Philadelphia, New York, as time to just get away. And <clears throat> we were talking about it, and it was just a great discussion. And then the Rangers got. Rain delayed, so I called Matt to say I wanted to watch the Rangers play in Yankee Stadium, and so we stayed an extra day, which caused us not to be here last week. But uh, I really wanted to have this moment with Michelle, and then Chloe came home this weekend. Is like I'm throwing them all up there today, uh, and so this is a selfish moment for me. I know it's not what we normally do. I've been teaching the Bible through from. Matthew all the way through for the last four and a half years, so uh, just hang with me today. it be a little different. But uh, Matt, you did a, a beautiful job last week uh, with the mothers, and one of the things that you talked about that we kind of used driving home from New York um, was the, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 is a Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so we started asking each other questions about our own. And so I'm going to start off, Michelle, with uh, your mother. Of all the things that your mother displayed of the fruit of the Spirit, what rises to the
1: top? So do you want one or do you just want the ones that come to mind?
0: I'll let you answer that.
1: Um, I think, first of all, love. My mom worked full-time. I feel like she was, like, super mom. Uh, She worked full-time, but she was always there for me. I never felt like she was working full-time. And um, probably another one from her is kindness. She just really knew how to minister to other people when they were hurting or if they had a need. So, I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, she has all the fruit. But um, those are the ones that I think of that rise to the top.
0: What would you say uh, your mom's greatest impact on you as a mother would be? As you being a mother. Right.
1: Um, well, I think she was a good mom. And uh, just the, I think I learned lessons of being available for my kids for loving them unconditionally, and for trying to be someone that they felt like they could come to for anything. And then I would just maybe suppress how I was really feeling about (laughs) what was going on and be able to react calmly. Not always able to do that, but that's the goal. So I think that's what I learned from her.
0: What would you consider to be your... Chloe's looking at me because she knows I'm going off script. I know. What's <laughs> your biggest struggle as a mother?
1: What is your biggest? No. <laughs> I told him if I didn't like his question, I'd turn it back on him. So. My biggest struggle as a mother. Oh. Um. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is letting go. It's when they grow up and you trust that what you taught them, they're going to take and take even more because I didn't do it perfectly. So it's letting, it's letting go. That's hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, aside from your mom, your grandmas, mm-hmm. are there any ladies besides them that have greatly impacted
1: your life? That was interesting when I thought about this because it would be, I'm not going to name names, but it would be certain friends that I've had throughout the years. I know early on in my 20s, there was one particular friend that I felt just really probably was the first time that I felt like I had a true friend that taught me What friendship looks like. I don't do it as well as she does, but I feel like I learned that from her. And then as I got older, I had another friend that just really loved me unconditionally. I feel like she's probably what God's eyes look like on you because she just always assumes the best. When I mess up, she doesn't even think that I had ill will about it. So... I a couple of friends.
0: Did you say you mess up?
1: Yes. All
0: right.
1: <laughs> did, did you want that on record? Do you want me to look into the camera? I mess Have up. Have y'all ever seen her mess up? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, what, what brings you the greatest satisfaction of being a mother?
1: Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> well, I've honestly enjoyed, like, every stage of motherhood. I don't like this part. <laughs> um I've loved I've loved the parts when they were little and even though it's been hard to let go, it's been really fun. Like to give you a specific example, I'm gonna brag on Corey. <laughs> it was
0: <laughs> it says finally. <laughs>
1: I'm saying that because she said Rusty talks about her from the stage a lot. So I'm going to give Corey his time. No, it was really fun in Israel to watch Corey with our tour guide, who is Jewish but not a believer. And he was not planning on taking us to the Temple Mount because why would we want to go there? And just watching Corey's interaction as an adult, like share his faith and share the spirit in us with with anyone but with a non-believer. Um, those are the, the times in my life that I've enjoyed watching my kids, just as adults, figuring stuff out, making decisions. And Chloe's had a lot of change in her life. Just I've really watched her trust the Lord through those. And <laughs> so... I think that's it. Am I talking too much? No, you're <laughs> fine.
0: Otherwise, we go to lunch. Oh, um, this is my wife Michelle, and we will have been married thirty-six years on May thirty-first, and um, yeah, we are high school sweethearts in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, on the end is my son Corey Kennedy. He's twenty-eight. He works at Charles Schwab. He lives here in Fishers. Uh, He went to college at Oklahoma Baptist University where Michelle and I went to college. Uh, And this is Chloe. Chloe is 23, and she lives in Lebanon, Tennessee. And uh, she is dating uh, Sam Millard, who obviously you guys know uh, is a family friend, and they've just kind of like grown up together. But she also works at a cookie company, Whitney's Cookies, there, and she kind of like helps Whitney run the show there and has a lot of employees working with her and things like that. So uh, she happened to be home this weekend. So I'm going to turn to Corey Yu next and jump to uh, the mother question. Uh of the fruit of the spirit what would you say rises to the top with your own mother
2: kindness gentleness love um hard times i mean growing up and even still now it's like she was a shelter for me um someone i could be emotionally vulnerable with um You know, if you screwed up as a kid, if you accidentally coasted into the garage door and dented it, mom found out first. Um, Or if you broke the couch, you hope mom found out first or something like that. So a lot of grace. Um, Yeah, and just a lot of support. A lot of love and, and just taking care of me. Taking care of me. Still to this day. That's my mom.
3: That I got to go second because my answer is not far from his and just kindness. Um, I think that one really takes the cake, um, just because I'd be like, "Oh, I have a cut on my finger," and before I can even like look up, she's holding a bandaid. Like, and oh, I'm sick, and she's like delivering groceries to my house in Nashville. Like, she's always taken care of us and has always just been super kind and even from a distance um but yeah i'd say even understanding is like goes hand in hand with the kindness she doesn't ever want to hurt anyone and especially us super protective in a good way
0: i've changed the uh, direction now for a little bit because uh, obviously we're uh, a community that's been together since 2007 so for the last 15 years this this group's been together and uh, my kids have grown up with your kids and everything else uh, <clears throat> and I'm the one that's up front I'm the one that gets the recognition I'm the one that gets the credit for everything and uh, they do not they do not my wife is, is not recognized nearly enough for all the things that she does for this ministry, um, just like today is the deadline for camp registration, and so this week she'll be calling everybody and say, "Why haven't you registered?" Yeah, she <laughs> says, "Just don't make me call. Just register today." Um, but it's things like that that you don't see, or you may not recognize as like it's like this thing happens because. I would say that we are a great team together. We talk about that, uh, we both have uh, different skills and assets to, to, to bring to uh, the ministry, but one of the reasons I wanted to do this today was to recognize uh, my wife and even my kids for all that they've been through uh, in this community and, and the way they minister to people. So I'm gonna ask you the question, Michelle, uh, what brings you joy as being the minute of a minister's wife
1: um I think I just think of moments where um like i I got the opportunity to be in the room actually when I'm gonna name drop Charlie Ward like figured out the grace thing, and just watching that was. I'll never forget it. There are other people in this room that experience that too. And um, so it's those things. It's people coming to know the Lord, people coming back to the Lord. I know it's a very churchy answer, but... <laughs> you <did. laughs> do you want me to, like, switch it around more personally? Just getting to do ministry with you. Um, most spouses don't have the opportunity to really do life together in the way that we're able to do so ministry affords that and I feel very privileged that we're able to do that together
0: so it's not all roses and sweet smelling what would, no. what would you say are a couple of your biggest struggles uh, doing the whole
1: ministry thing? <clears throat> keeping up with you <laughs> He likes to do a lot of events close together and I need a little more space just honestly like that's that's a challenge. Um I mean to go back to when the you other say events. Having people over for dinner, like we're going to have someone over for dinner like Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday I'll and, I'll and Saturday. Like okay. Like how many people? Oh, 15 to 20. <laughs> <laughs> And their kids. And I just, like, I want everybody to be comfortable. And I just want it to be right. So,
0: And she's phenomenal. You haven't.
1: Well. So, yeah.
0: Is that your only struggle? Is my schedule?
1: I mean, there's things. Luke wants me to get vulnerable. And I brought a tissue, but I don't want to use it. Like... (laughs) You got me. (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously watching people struggle like that, that's really hard too. Sometimes I think because I'm female, if we're going to stereotype, I don't know. My personality is I can't really put it in a box and put a lid on it. It just spills into everything. And sometimes in seasons, a lot of people are hurting at the same time. And yeah, that gets hard.
0: So this is a good question to ask in front of everybody. Do you hear hear everything that goes on in here? No,
1: no. People assume that. So sometimes they come up to me thinking that uh, because they've told him, then I also know, but he doesn't always tell me everything because you guys have told him in confidence, and so some sometimes people will come up to me and they'll start talking as if I know. And I'm like, oh, you're going to have to back up if you want me to talk to you about this. Because I really don't know what's going on. So no, I don't know everything.
0: So me not telling you everything that happens is not being dishonest?
1: No, I think it's keeping a confidence. And then I think also you do it to protect me because I can't put the little things in the box with the lid on. That's true. So...
0: Uh, Chloe, I ask you a question. Uh, are you thankful to be a PK, a pastor's kid?
3: Um. Yes. Do
1: you, That's
0: want, me it?
3: To, do you want me to like? <laughs>
0: what, what What are What are some advantages of being a pastor's kid?
3: Um. I think it's impacted my life because of the hurt, like in seeing like people hurt because growing up even though like i don't know as much as you know and even less than you know um people still came over to our house like i'd get home from school and there would be people just hurting at our house and um just watching that and knowing that's because we're human and we struggle with the things in the world and um i think that's impacted me not to want to do those things and, like, just seeing how it affected them. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. You would consider that an advantage.
3: Yeah. But I also, like, am thankful to be a PK because, honestly, um, I just struggle with anxiety. And so, like, going to a youth group, like, outside of, like, my dad's church would have given me, like, so much anxiety. So I'm just thankful, I don't know, to be in a community where I just feel safe.
0: How do you, can I ask you How, how do you deal with your anxiety? Uh,
3: because
0: you're a very social person.
3: Yeah. Um I don't I think like I just have to take a step back and kind of realize honestly um where those thoughts are coming from and kind of revert back to like the truth is really like if I'm really having like a panic attack I really just have to take a moment and be like okay what's the truth in this which is usually zero percent yeah um
0: what about you? What are your advantages? Do you, like, do you like being at PK? Would you rather have me work for Charles Schwab or
2: no? No, I like where you're at. Um, do I like being a, a pastor's kid? Like, this isn't like a sucking up to you answer, but I like being your your kid and you being the pastor. Um, that's that's a big part of it. I went to Oklahoma Baptist University, and there's a lot of pastors' kids there. Friends with a lot of pastors' kids, and I see I see how that has affected their life, and I see how it's affected my life, and um, I'm very happy being a pastor's kid. Um, When I was younger, it was a blast. I mean, when you when you're a youth pastor, um, yeah, that was when I was really young. I remember just being fun.
0: We test all the games out on Corey. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that was yeah. Couldn't beat it. That was the best thing in the world. But then as you get older, you start to see the, the other benefits to it, the the more fruitful benefits to it. Um, and exactly what Chloe said, I mean, there are things, a lot of things I don't know about the community, but there are a lot of things that I do see about the community, and I see how it weighs on you. But people come to our house, you know, and it's like have always come to our house when they're in pain or in good times. And I didn't necessarily get sent to my room, you know, when people were – we're struggling. And I was I was around and I seen things and, you know, hurt with people from a distance. But you also learn what's important and how to navigate life through that. So that's one thing I'm thankful for. But also you want to, like, you want to share that with other people too. Um, and it all goes back to it's the same one trick pony, knowing who you are. But yeah, no, very thankful as pastor's kid.
0: Any disadvantages?
2: Disadvantages? Um No, I just think of like petty little ones. No. No real disadvantages. The last one to leave on a Sunday sometimes and you get lunch late, but not necessarily nowadays. Um Yeah. No. How
0: many times have you heard the story about Levener?
2: About Levener, That's not a disadvantage, but yeah, a handful of times. Um, And I like hearing you talk about it, too. I like sharing it. I like... uh, I mean, that was... That was the first moment where, you know, I experienced what it looks like, you know, walking by the Spirit and listening to the Spirit. Because that was a big move for our family.
0: But how... Old were you, or or was there a moment when you, your faith became your own faith? Obviously, you grow up in a house where parents are believe one thing, and children kind of imitate. Can you think of a, a point or time where it's like, okay, this, this is mine; I own it.
2: Um, what fifth fifth birthday? I prayed the prayer.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, your mom would know that.
2: Yeah. Um I wanted to accept Jesus my five life year, 5 years old. Yeah, on my birthday because I wanted to be born again on my birthday. Um So, I mean, I, I the faith was always there. I don't think there was ever a time where like, oh, the faith kicked in. The faith was always there. It was it was that relationship with God and with Jesus Christ that that kicked in. That's what kicked in. I don't think I knew that at a young age. I I knew I knew you know, there was sin in life and that I couldn't do it on my own. We needed Jesus', Jesus way, but um, I didn't know how to walk victorious in life with that knowledge. And that, that's the big part to me.
0: So when did that? When, when that, did
2: that happen? That that happened beginning uh, high school years. And that's the thing. It's like um, it changed a lot of my life in that. I think we all kind of open and more vulnerable here, but my mom, sister, and I all kind of suffer from anxiety and clinically diagnosed anxiety, but it all, it looks different between our lives, but that that held me back a lot, held me back a lot in in high school, held me back a lot in junior high, but um, when I like, it's important to know your identity, but people always waiting for, you know, sometimes for, for Jesus to come back, but. He's here, easier and in, in us, um, and that's what that's what made life easier for me in those times, and the hard times and the good times. Um, but it was definitely high school. It was hanging out with uh, with my friends, um, and and group being challenged. It was, it was going to, to Bob Warren's camp, um, hanging out with my father's friends, the men in this room. Unbelievable impact to my life. I hope you know who you are.
0: Yeah, um, your small group. You have a small group.
2: Yeah, it's uh, twenty twenty somethings. I feel like I'm the old one now, though. Twenty eight uh, Thursdays.
0: Yeah what what is what is it, what do you all do there?
2: Um, focus on each other, build community. Focus on him. It looks different every week. Um, there's some weeks where there's more structure and some weeks where there's less structure. Some, sometimes where there's just, you know, build community, see what's going on in each other's lives. Um, I think it's important, you know, figure out what our highs and lows are, where uh, our weeks have been affected. But also there's, there's times it's been going on for about three, four years. We've done all different types of studies, Roman study. We're going through Hebrews right now, trying to go through Hebrews. Don't. They're smiling back there. I've been distracted. We had game night last week, um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just. I feel like it's important. I mean, they're my friends. I've had them around. The people in that group are the people I grew up with. They've. It's. Uh, I. I'm blessed in that way, and um, I don't know a lot of people that get to hang out with their friends since like childhood on a weekly basis. And like
0: people from here.
2: People from here, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's a pretty awesome thing as a parent to watch. Just, uh, you know, everybody said, I say it, Levener's getting older, but there is a whole younger generation that's coming up. And, you know, and you can speak, Corey, to all these students in the back and in the front and everything else about how the relationships here have uh, continued throughout the years even beyond, you know, graduate from high school. Uh, it's a youth group type mentality. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Chloe, what about you, your faith? When did it become your own? When did you step into it?
3: Um, well, when I was nine, I think that's when I realized that Jesus was my savior and like, I accepted him into my heart. Um, but I don't think – when did we go to Super Summer? Was that, like, junior high?
0: Yeah, I believe you were in junior high. It was uh, when Shawnee, Oklahoma, had the tornadoes and a bunch of the guys went down there. What year was that guy? Look.
3: There
0: was a whole team that Mikey went.
3: Like 2014? Yeah.
0: Oh, it was 2013 because that's when uh, we won the MLB fan game thing
3: bring it back to baseball um
0: i was selected the number one texas ranger anyway
3: (laughs) yes um proud moment for us all um
2: only one to date too
3: (laughs) (laughs) anyway we went to super summer that year and um um Super Summer is, like, how many kids are there? Like
0: it, Super Summer is, uh, is a Southern Baptist camp where all the churches go uh, collectively in the state, each state. Um, like, Indiana had one for a while. and uh, But there there's hundreds of churches and thousands of kids that go to Super Summer. It's supposed to be a leadership camp for, for kids. And so we decided to take our kids to Oklahoma's Super Summer and put them in with the mix
3: which was um, honestly like you go into it and it can be very shameful in some way because it's like they were telling us like shaming us for not reading our Bible every day and like telling us that we'll never be enough and that there's nothing that we could do to be enough or deserve his love or any of that. And I don't think at that point in my life – like. I fully understood my identity or anything but after hearing that like we'd walk away at night just like crying and I knew it wasn't that wasn't true but I didn't know why and so it kind of like lit my fire in some sort of way and kind of like opened my ears to like hear anything else and so I think like I've always been around my dad teaching but then in high school I was like that was when I really was like grasping my identity and what jesus had done for me and who he is and who i am because of him
0: yeah if we can um teach our students and even our adults to learn how to throw penalty flags on stuff they hear because you're going to hear it your whole life you're going to hear stuff on the radio you're going to hear stuff podcasts and stuff and, and you have to use a filter to listen i can't i'm not saying don't listen to it but there has to be a filter from what you hear here at least uh versus what you might hear in a religious situation and and that's really what she's explained is we kind of like threw them into this religious experience and people were yeah it was it was, it was crazy we would get together every night and we go okay what are your penalty flags today and they would literally all just like yeah brent i can remember bryce just like throwing things left and right and uh, yeah it was uh an incredible trip yeah <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna uh, stop right there and uh, I'm gonna open the floor. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're, they're like, if you have questions for my family or for me, uh, you're welcome text to, them. yeah. Michelle said, Text them to, yeah. Before, yeah,
3: go ahead. Before we get into that, can you share your fruit of the spirit for your mom?
0: For my mom, oh, don't do that to me. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: uh, I said last night, faithfulness. That um, my dear granny, faithful, faithful woman, she um, raised five kids on a teacher salary by herself. And so Michelle's like, well, what did you learn from it? I'm like, uh, how to provide for my family. She taught me how to provide for my family. Like, how in the world did she? How did she manage five kids by herself on a teacher salary? And uh, she she showed me, She showed me, and uh, so you know she, godly woman. I think one of the things that I always wanted was uh, to be like her spiritually. She'd get up in the morning. She you know she was one of those mothers that had the prayer list and would be on her knees and praying for everybody in here. She probably prayed for everybody in here at one point. Uh, um, and I wanted that, and I can remember uh, I went, I got a sabbatical from Eli Lilly back in 2000. It was about the same time Keith and I were uh, ramping up our conversations and things like that. I wanted to be spiritual like my mom, and I don't say this, uh, but I like fasted for an extended period of time, and. Uh, I realized that that's not something that just happens. It's part of the journey. It's just part of the journey. I want my kids to be where I am. I want my students to be where I am. I want everybody to, you know, even go beyond where I am. But everybody's got their journey. Everybody's got their walk, you know, and my mom had her walk and let it be her walk. And I've got my own and I'm thankful. Thankful. Uh, yeah, faithfulness. Yeah. All right, now you get to ask questions.
1: Or we can just go to lunch. <laughs>
0: Don't let them off the hook, please.
1: I'm letting them off the hook.
0: Mike as astro's going to ask the first question. Let's mm-hmm. talk about baseball. Mike's asking, do you really enjoy the Rangers as much as Rusty, or you just enjoy going to the stadiums? Corey wants the.
2: I was asked recently, does your mom even like going to those baseball games?
0: I get asked that all the time. I so.
2: said my mom loves my dad. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. That
0: is exactly what it is.
2: That's, I just wanted to say that first. Um, I mean, Rangers, to answer your question, I don't follow baseball. I don't follow many sports personally. I don't know if he follows all the sports. It's not just baseball. It's always around. I'm glad I was never pressured into that. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I love it. I love being at the games. I love being with my family. Like yesterday, we had the opportunity Heard 33rd Baseball Stadium, 34th. It's always been like a family bonding thing, so.
0: Yeah, they compete about how many stadiums they've been to, so. And I have a spreadsheet for it. If so you, you had know to add time. that
3: it was,
1: like, he had one you on. You want
0: to know. It's like. You want
1: to answer? You've got the mic
3: you
0: answered.
3: Answer. We'll Michelle, go ahead. Um, I like it for other reasons. I feel like not only does he like it because it's baseball, but I think him and I are very similar. Similar in the way of like I like to, to create this moment, and so that's kind of what baseball is to me. It's like an experience and a moment that I get to have with my family and with our friends. So I like it.
0: We're definitely about creating memories.
1: Yeah, and you and your dad are very good at that. So Corey and I just get to sit back and be in the moment, and they take all the pictures, and we have them. So we don't have to do all that. So. Um, Rangers. I know Rangers are baseball. Rangers are baseball. Um, well, in the beginning, honestly, I in the beginning I did not like it at all. And this is so embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you, I'm being vulnerable, Luke. Okay. <laughs> Nineteen
0: eighty six, seven, eight, eighty seven, eighty
1: eight. Yeah, he would take me to the baseball game and at five bucks, Arlington Stadium. Which is why we went because we were seminary students, and I did not like it. And we went with our friends, a couple, which you think like would be enough for me, but they loved it also. And so Rusty bought me this. How big was that television?
0: It had like. 12 D-volt batteries in it, you know. It was like one of those televisions, and she would carry
1: that thing. And, and I, I took, took it to the game and watched TV, thing, game. Watch TV. So embarrassing. I didn't care. I did not want to be there. I was there. I
0: didn't care. Whatever it takes to get her to go to the game with me. She's grown into it. How many stadiums have you been to? Uh,
1: all but one. I don't know how many i been to. All but
0: one of the current, but it's like 40 – Seven stadiums or yeah. something like that. No, no.
1: How many are there currently? There's thirty. Okay. No, it's the just the
0: one she hasn't been to is Texas. The
1: go Brooklyn, figure. The new one. <laughs> All right, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the. I think the most fun part for me is that you're super excited about it, and it's just it's contagious. So, yeah. I enjoy going, and now you've made it a whole thing because we have to go to all the stadiums, and we have books, and we get stamps, and so it's an event, it's a memory. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the goldfish bowl syndrome that you're talking about. Everybody just watches the goldfish. He asked you all that question, huh? Yeah,
2: I'm trying to fully understand and process your question. Temptation. I want to make sure I understand temptation, just being involved and in, in outer. I the goldfish syndrome, it's it's this community and the and the people that know who they are. So I know if I do screw up, I'm going to be able to look at for who I am. Um, And that's more freeing and and allows me to not screw up in many ways um, and not be tempted. But, yeah, the temptations are are there, and then I do screw up, and I do things that I know are not in the spirit. Um, But also my dad always had that. He always wanted me to screw up at home, too. Um, so I felt, I felt free to screw up at home. And I feel like when you feel free to screw up at home, you screw up less, I guess.
0: <laughs> but there was a reason I wanted you to screw up at home. <laughs> it's because uh, if I didn't allow him to mess up and he went away to college and he's like, woo I'm free, and he messed up there, I'm not around to so like, guide and direct him. So I would much rather have him mess up in my house, right? not to rescue not here to rescue him or her. They understand the logical negative consequences of their decisions. But to walk them through with grace and understanding and pointing them to Jesus in the meantime, so that when they go to college and they do screw up, they at least have some kind of recognition of what it looks to recover. Is that fair? Yeah. Anybody else want to answer the goldfish syndrome, goldfish
1: bowl? I was trying to figure out how to phrase this. Um, Levner is a true blessing as a pastor's wife. And I'm not just saying that to you guys, it is a lot different to be on staff in this environment than the previous one, and they loved us well. They were our family. I have fond memories, but I did feel that there was a standard I had to be at. <clears throat> and also, we have to remember that I didn't know my identity then. So, oh, the red light comes on, it counts down. <laughs> anyway. She
0: thinks her time is up, but I do go past it, so.
1: Oh. So anyway, um I think before I felt a certain standard I was told to my face that it wasn't meeting that standard for various reasons. Um I can push back a little bit, try to be kind about it, but I think it helps knowing my identity. And I don't know how to say this. I feel like I just say it one way. I don't know how to like say it gently. But I know my identity, I know how God sees me, and I want you guys to like me, and I don't want to hurt you, but I know he's always okay with me, and so that brings great peace if things happen. It still hurts. I'm human, um, but I know I'm okay with my father, so
0: yeah uh, uh Luke. They do exceptionally well with the goldfish bowl syndrome. They, they're they aware of it. They're aware people are watching them and it's all tied to this ministry or whatever, but at the same time, they understand that they're free and they're probably not going to be condemned. Uh, maybe by me, but, but <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know, it's like I want them to be here I want them to be involved, but there's no pressure on them to do that. They're free.
3: Harder for me because I don't live here. What? I said it's harder for me, like now that I'm off on my own, like and trying to find community like this. Well, that was your choice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm
3: back. laughs> your yes.
0: Yeah, that's you know I I'm I'm sure that I can ask a show of hands in here. People that have had the opportunity to leave, yet they chose not to leave because of this. Like, go move out of state. I know of people, even in this room, that have had that choice, and it's like, I I won't have this where I go. uh, I've always stuck around because I've always had Big John. I know I'm not going to have Big John if I go to someplace else. And, obviously, the same thing with... I know what I got. I, I know you're all the junk. <laughs> you go somewhere else, I'm like, I don't know their junk. I'm okay with your junk. Yeah, I've been... Ever since I moved here in 89, I've been doing ministry with a lot of these people. go back, i um, doing it for years, and there's not too many trips that I've been on... Uh, that I have not taken job with Any other questions? Yes. So you I Asking me, or are you asking them?
3: Uh,
0: one, it's not my junk; <laughs> it's your junk, <laughs> uh, and so I have to—I have to do what she has a hard time with, which is compartmentalize and put it in a box. and I can deal with each box at a time. There'll be seasons when I deal with this box for quite a while, and then this box comes along, and I got to deal with that box and that box. But uh, as Luke said, I have good people around me that we can we can like. Dave Oldtop has like got this ministry going of, of people that have come alongside and hasn't been like fully utilized but there's people that are willing to take some of this junk off of our table and deal with people and uh, deal with issues and stuff like that so uh, I have good people men and women around me that that carry a lot of that uh, whatever you want to call it, burden or struggle or, or whatever uh, but then also uh, I feel pretty healthy in my relationships like, like you sit here and talk about baseball. Baseball is like a... It's just an outlet for me. It's all it is. I, I, and I could give up baseball tomorrow. But it, it's a its a thing for me to just, like, go away and get out of this for a period of time. And uh, it's kind of a reset. It's time away. Like, the the time that we spent together going to New York and Philadelphia and we, we went to four baseball games, five Broadway shows, and a movie. <laughs> and, you know, we just got out of here, and it was like one of the best weeks just being gone. We still had phone calls and emails and stuff like that, but uh, we, I, I would say in the last two weeks, and she would, I think she would agree with me, we truly were walking by the Spirit in the last couple of weeks, just the things that have happened. Even, even last night, she found this like hole-in-the-wall restaurant we were driving back from Detroit went to a ministry event there and um, they stopped in like Defiance Ohio or something like this a little podunk town And we went to like this gas station place which we like it's got a market in there and uh, it was Middle Eastern and uh, The men ministered to us there talking about Jerusalem. My son wept hearing these men talk about Jerusalem. And it's like there was one table in this little restaurant, and they sat us and they served us here. We'll bring you salads, we'll bring you falafel. We didn't even order all this stuff, they were just bringing us stuff and taking care of us. And it's like the best Mediterranean food in a market. Gas station that I've ever had, even better than being you know, over in Israel. And uh, these these men, and, and so like, when you walk by the Spirit, you those things happen, and you you're just you. We walked out of there just like, what in the world did God just do? And and that happened all in the last couple of weeks. Just like we saw it, left and right, and so there is an absolute beauty of uh, walking. This adventure by the Spirit. It allows the whole cold fish bowl and everything else and all the drama and the burdens and the pain and the grief and all that. that, that That's the deal, Jim, is walking by the Spirit. <laughs> I talked to Matt last week, and him and Luke had a conversation. They were laughing at me because of last week when I was trying to decide should I stay in New York and miss Mother's Day which is like the second biggest Sunday of the whole year uh, Matt turned it on me he goes what is the spirit leading you to do and it's like they've waited for years to drop that on me but um, and I said the spirit is sitting next to me and she says we're staying so so thank you for covering for us any last questions You gotta yeah you can say something
1: Um, I just want, this is a churchy answer and I don't appropriate it for myself as often as I want to, but for your question, Jim, like it's really a remembrance of what God has done in the past, like, and the older you get, the more reference you have, right? Where you had a a hard time and he carried you through it. And so just remembering that and trusting it and knowing that he's not going to stop doing that. And it it feels big and heavy and hard, and a lot of times it's big and heavy and hard. But he's there with us, and we're going to get through it. And we have everybody in this room to help us get through it. You just have to raise your hand. And I think that's a big part of just remembering that he's faithful and we can trust him.
0: in this thing because I gotta go home and pull the brisket off for the 20 people that are coming over to our house tonight so you think I'm kidding but uh Jesus uh thanks for today thanks for just a beautiful community that loves us and cares for us and literally they, they take care of our family because uh, they love you and you do it so uh thank you thank you for my family thank you for my wife thank you for uh loving us
1: truly loving us and we love you